Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Interim. She's a business futurist. This is Technotopia. Hey guys, John Biggs here. I have become adept at making bad software work well for me when it comes to collaborating with teams and my coworkers. I've, I've made do for a long, long time with weird pieces of software, bad services, and awful interfaces. And now there's RingCentral Glip, and I think I may be able to chuck all that bad stuff away. Glip is a new service from RingCentral. It gives you better, faster team collaboration for free. It offers superior team messaging without the limitations. It lets you share and collaborate on files and manage tasks. Finally, you can screen share right from inside the app. 88% of Glip users are more informed about their organizational projects, and this is a huge deal. 63% of employees say that collaboration and communication are the most important factors contributing to a company's success. And 52% of employees say that ineffective communication is the main factor contributing to workplace failures. The best thing about Glip? It's team messaging and collaboration in one workspace. You don't have multiple apps and multiple services running in different windows. 69% of workers waste up to 60 minutes a day navigating between apps. That's up to 32 days a year. That's why smart teams use Glip. It saves you an entire month. You can sign up for a free Glip account to get unlimited access to team messaging, task management, file sharing, and more. Go to glip.com techno. That's glip.com, G-L-I-P.com techno. Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Dorna Moini. She's founder of Help Self Legal. Uh, I covered you guys a while back. Isn't that right, Dorna? You did, yes. Um, you wrote a TechCrunch article about us and specifically about one of the tools that we had launched for uh, to resolve uh, Proposition 64 marijuana convictions in mm-hmm. California. And it is, is, is it working? It is, yes. Um, so we started our company um, creating legal tools for consumers in specific practice areas and jurisdictions. And now we are uh, taking a little bit, a bit of a broader stance, creating um, an aud- document automation platform. We had significant demand from a lot of our legal aid clients and also law firms for something that would enable them to create exactly what we had created for. Uh, for example, the marijuana convictions that that we that you wrote about mm-hmm. uh, a few months ago. So we are are addressing that from a little bit, little bit of a broader perspective now. Okay, cool. Uh, so what are the tools that you're? What are the tools that you guys are using to uh, to build out these? Uh, I guess self help platforms almost, right? Right. So we have created this document automation platform. Um, it's based on some open source, uh, tools, um, including doc assemble. And basically we have created an, an interface that allows anyone to come on and create, turn their, you know, frequently used templates, document sets, contract court forms, turn those into intelligent interviews. Then what lawyers do is lawyers or legal aid organizations, or even companies, they can publish those interviews on their websites. Usually they do that by embedding them on their website for their clients to access. Um, Some use them internally for legal workflow management to to speed up legal document creation within a firm. Uh, And others publish them as tools to to be sort of a low cost flat fee service for clients. And 
you know, our, our main goal is really to just reduce the cost of legal services and whether it's legal aid organizations publishing them for free or um, law firms who are able to, to, do, to provide their services at a lower cost or provide tiers of service. Um, that's, that's sort of accomplishing what, what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I was just talking with some folks who were selling a, uh, like a self self medical product, project, uh, product. So it's basically just like, uh, it, it helps reduce pain. And I think this is the same kind of situation where, where humans are being taken out of the equation and, and, and more, uh, boilerplate and more robots are being put in. What are you, what are you seeing in terms of, um, the future of AI and legal? Yeah, so um, I think it comes it comes into play not only with technology, but also with a little bit more of the deregulation of of the legal world. Um, so there is the there has been a little bit more of a willingness to allow other professionals, such as paralegals, to take on some of the earlier roles in litigation, and then we have technology tools like document automation that that like like our tool. Um, that is taking over some of those some of those services and unbundling legal services. And then, as you mentioned, there's AI that comes in. We we're in a more we're in an early stage for AI to really have affected the consumers that we are dealing with because we are um, we're dealing with a lot of low income, moderate income consumers. And you know where where we've seen AI be incredibly helpful is in document review for corporate clients, which I dealt with a lot in my, in my former life as, as a corporate attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but right now we are still at the stage where, where the data is being aggregated and we're figuring out how it can be helpful. So I think as, as more and more data gets collected, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how some of these document automation platforms become more robust, can give you suggestions on how to move forward, can give you more of um, advice and legal diagnoses. And again, with the caveat that the the legal profession is is very protectionist and um, we may see some boundaries there. Yeah. before that actually what is, happens what does it mean in that what does it mean in that sense when it's protectionist does it do they are they just trying to protect their cash flow or are they trying to make sure that that people aren't doing uh aren't doing um bad stuff i just it's a little bit it's a little bit uh it's a little bit interesting there yeah so i i think you'll find um you know things that the things that are being said are not necessarily the the reasons behind the actions but mm-hmm. Um, you know, for since probably the mid 1900s, we've had a legal profession that ha- has focused on the unauthorized practice of law and really prohibited the unauthorized practice of law and wanted to keep out um, lower, you know, like, for example, you, you know, you were just talking about medical, um, you know, in the medical world, we have um, nurses who do a, a portion of the work in the legal world we are much more reluctant to allow people like paralegals to do a portion of, of that work. Mm-hmm. And um, the bar has really decided to go after um, organizations and companies like LegalZoom who have tried to put up uh, legal tools for people to use. Um, in the case of LegalZoom, they've actually been a really great 
company to be on the forefront of all of this because they have battled almost all of the different bar associations across the U.S. Um, in, in, in many, many states. And they've either won or they've come to some kind of settlement that allows them to continue to continue moving forward. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the, the legal bar is realizing that in order to address the legal needs of, of people who can't afford legal services, we, they do need to allow more unbundling of the legal services and um, allow more, you know, technology tools or paralegal type resources to take on some of these roles. But, um, the, you know, to answer your question, maybe more clearly, it's, it's all um, professional legal rules that that govern uh, govern lawyers that mm-hmm. have that have sort of set the groundwork for this. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the I guess that's the question I'm asking. It's like, uh, I mean, for for a medical thing, presumably you don't want somebody giving you a I don't know a medical device that's untested, and maybe there's one or two things that you could I don't know put some essential oils on your nose or whatever to make yourself feel better. But the vast majority of machinery that these guys used, you don't want to be non FDA approved. But what's the what's the danger of you creating a creating a robot that says here press this button if you if you need a will press this button if you need a I don't know, uh, if you want to sell your car, that kind of stuff. And it feels like, it feels like the, is the legal profession in that case doing make work for itself or is it, uh, or is it actually necessary? Yeah. So I, I know we, we have seen specifically in the area of immigration law. Um, I'm sure you've heard of these notarios who put up, set up shop and provide immigration assistance Mm -hmm. to unsuspecting immigrants who often have not, not a very thorough or no understanding of the English language. Um, there are a lot of these people are not lawyers and they really end up ruining lives. Mm-hmm. So th- th- these concerns do exist. I mean, there are, are circumstances where a non-lawyer can provide you poor legal advice or provide you with documents that are, are not, you know, comprehensive or don't take into account all the, all the considerations and could really ruin someone's life. You know, someone, someone who's seeking asylum could get sent back to a country where they might actually be killed. Um, you know, someone who is looking for housing could be evicted from their home because they didn't, didn't have the proper procedures. But, um, I, I do think that the, the way to go about this is not just to segment the group into lawyers who have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on law school and mm-hmm. have a really, really huge barrier to entry versus the rest of the world. I think there's, there's, there is that middle ground where we can have some kind of supervised um, assistance, legal assistance that mm-hmm. can, can help reduce those costs. What does the legal profession look like in, uh, I don't know, 2030? Uh, you know, um, I think that as so, so one of the things that that happened in sort of the legal aid world uh, when Trump was elected was that he proposed to reduce the funding that went to the Legal Services Corporation by almost about four hundred million dollars down to zero, and that was a, a pretty big wake up call. I mean, the legal aid community has been speak, talking for a while about how. Legal aid is is really underfunded, but that was a really big wake up call to a lot of the legal profession that we need to start doing things that can can help um, provide more legal services, and that's not that's not always going to be through lawyers. Mm-hmm. There's just not there's never going to be enough pro bono lawyers. 
to serve the the community, you know, the lower and middle class individuals who can't afford hourly rates. Um, and we have seen a lot of technology tools take over. And you know, as we were discussing earlier, there there is document automation right now that takes you through more mechanical workflows. But I think that in the next, I guess, 10, 12 years, there there will be a database of of data that machine learning tools can really turn into more comprehensive solutions for diagnosing solu- diagnosing diagnosing people's legal needs and then also doing a lot of the a lot of the early work um, i think that lawyers and especially big firms will be focusing more on in, in person work um, you know hearings things that need emotional wherewithal like jury selection and um you know, those, those types of legal tasks. All right. Very cool. All right. So what's next for you guys? What's, what are you guys building out? Yeah. So right now we are working on really making our document automation platform more robust. We're adding new features every day. Um, right now we have hundreds of clients using us a- across the country to build out their, their legal aid platforms or their law firm platforms. So we, we've kind of expanded not only, uh, we're not only in servicing legal aid now, but we're also servicing um, law firms who are creating these document automation workflows and also um, companies, there are a few legal technology companies that are using our platform as the base for what they're creating, the tools they're creating for for their clients. Um, So we're really just working on building out our platform, making it more robust, and we are um, implementing some some AI integration tools that that hopefully we'll be able to tell you more about in the future. Okay, very cool. All right, and what's the website? The, uh, the the website for this? It's not. It's helpselflegal. It's helpselflegal.com. Yes. All right, perfect. All right, Donna. Thanks for joining us here. This is. Uh, I've always wanted to talk a little bit about legal, and I've never had anybody on here. And I and I asked you to like basically disparage your uh, your industry, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Well, you know, we always say that we're really, we're not trying to take away the work from lawyers. We're really trying to make the work that they do more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I worked at a big law firm for, for several years. And I, you know, when you start out as a first year, you're doing a lot of document review, um, which is not that fun and is not that exciting. And it doesn't feel like what you went to, to law school for. But with a lot of the technology tools that have been taking over in in that realm as well, it allowed me as a junior associate to go out and take depositions and be participating in trial and, and doing more interesting work because I wasn't I wasn't required to do some of that monotonous work that can really that technology can take over. So I think we're enabling lawyers to create more value and to focus their time on things that, that really fulfill them in the legal practice. Right, Not fun. only making them disappear. <laughs> right. Sounds good. This is Technotopia is brought to you by Happy Fun Corp. Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven so technology much, company in Brooklyn, New York that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top-secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com Technotopia is also sponsored by Jaywalk. 
Jaywalk is a new app that pays you to walk. You can try it out at jaywalk.me. It's created by me, John Biggs, and a few of my friends. Jaywalk.me, please check.